Hi, my name's Andy Cope and welcome to the most uplifting podcast in the world. As a positive psychology researcher, I'm excited, delighted and honoured to be sitting in the podcast hot seat. The aim is to bring you guests who have something interesting or insightful or inspirational. They might have a story to tell, something clever, something simple, anything goes. We hope to inspire, educate, entertain and on a good day, maybe even make you chuckle. And why should you listen? Well, we figure life is relentless. It's full on. And most people are a million miles away from feeling as great as they could. So think of this podcast as a reminder or maybe a leg up to being a better version of you. Sometimes against the odds. So relax, open your ears, open your mind and allow me to bring you this week's amazing episode of the best podcast in the world. On with the show. Okay, podcast listeners, we've got an um, extra special treat for you today. Um, on the end of the line, we've got a good good mate of mine, actually, Jonathan Peach, or JP as we call him. I've known JP for probably about three or four years, and then um, in the last couple of years, he's done some work for us, and he's taking the world by storm. So I think today you're going to love his passion, you're going to love his energy. What I like about him is that not only has he got knowledge, but he's always learning, he's soaking it all up, and he's making the messages his own. So he also is our roving uh, global globetrotter who gets to deliver the art of being brilliant all over the world so we kind of hate him for that but I guess we have to get over that. He delivers keynotes and workshops and one-to-ones which is a very unusual thing because you always normally get trainers who love the keynotes or they love the small group but they don't love both. JP is our ultimate flexible friend. So hello sir how the devil are you? I'm fabulous thank you Andy. Good man, good man. What an intro. Well, I mean, it's all true. It's all true as well, my boy. Um, so can we do uh, a bit of background first, JP? So who on earth, for the people who don't know you, who is uh, Jonathan Peach? Who is Jonathan Peach? Okay, so uh, I suppose I spent probably 30 years in a retail career. So my background is retail. But the real, I think the real passion for me with all of that is people. And I think that came to uh, fruition probably about five or six years ago when I kind of had a bit of a crossroads in my life, which marriage marriage had split up, uh, job wasn't going very well, kind of I want to go stop the world, I want to get off. And it's kind of what do I really want to do? And I think for me, when I'd looked at it, the, the crooks for me was all about people. And I did a load of invest, invested in myself around NLP and coaching and taking that career from, I suppose, people orientated to now what I do, which is coach, keynote speaker, kind of workshop deliverer, um, ensuring that people can do that. Okay, fella, but that's a bigger deal than you just made it sound because a lot of people are unhappy with their jobs, but they continue to do their jobs. <laughs> and, and so you seem to have reached a crossroad of... Um, I mean, a lot of people are challenging themselves as what do I really want to do, but they don't do it. So how come you you made because that's a big switch out of retail into going self-employed, essentially? Yeah. And lots of people I went through what I now I now lovingly call and people will recognize those who know me and would have known me a few years ago would have been I now call it my shorts and flip flops phase where I left work (laughs) and I wandered around in shorts and flip flops. And I'm still go, in that phase, mate. I'm yeah, a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, so am I when I'm kind of not not working. But it's just like they went, "Oh, you look so happy and relaxed. What are you doing?" And I told them, which was basically nothing at the time. And I'm just working out what I really want to do. And they went, "Oh, I wish I could do that." And I went, "Well, you can. You've just got to make that decision." And I suppose I was lucky in that I got to a crossroads in my career with the business I was at the time, where I didn't want to be there. 
and to be fair to them they didn't want me there so actually i got i i left i left that and decided you know what i think through all the bits that were happening and i i was signed off work with depression for a for a period of time is like what do i really really want to do that's going to give me a sense of fulfillment and a sense of purpose and i keep coming back to people and it's just like seeing them succeed in regardless of what it is particularly where I was in retail, but seeing them kind of light up and come to life was that what that gets me that gets me out of bed in the morning and I'll stand on stage or deliver a workshop till midnight if they ask me to because actually that's the bit that gets me. I mean sometimes they have to pull me off stage. So. <laughs> <laughs> the old shepherd's crook comes on and you're yanked yeah. off yeah yeah okay mate now i like that well can, can we therefore talk about so we've got the old version of you retail and re- i worked in retail as well and i enjoyed it it wasn't it wasn't um it's not a terrible thing is it no, you know I but it, it i love it yeah yeah so but so so you made the transition into something you really want to do so what is it that you now do that you always wanted to do just talk us through the the day job I suppose, well, the bit is, I say about people, and actually when I started doing this and working for myself and kind of working with you guys or working with you and kind of being part of the team, which I absolutely love, is like when people say, what are you doing now? And I talked about kind of what I'm doing. I'm a coach, I'm a trainer, I'm a facilitator, I'm a consultant. And it's just like, I got bored with saying that. And it's just like, so I went I went in search of what my higher purpose was, I suppose, or what my purpose, what my purpose in life was. And through, and we now do this with the Y Factor stuff that uh, I've done for some businesses with you guys. And it's like, I can now nail it into when somebody asks me now what I do, I go to inspire and energize people to be the most brilliant version of themselves. And that, you see, that's made me smile, mate. Yeah, 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 straight away it's made me grin. So it must be making you grin on the inside as well. Yeah, and I think when I communicate that to people now, it makes me grin, it makes me smile, it makes me feel a million dollars. And they get a very different, and they go, well, how do you do that? And they go, well, I use a mixture of this, of coaching, facilitation, training, and so it's a bit actually, do you know what? I come across, for me, gives me a great lift to talk about that's my purpose. So when everybody, when anybody ever says anything, can you do this, whether it's one-to-one, whether it's coaching, whether it's keynote speech, or whether it's a workshop, if, if, I, if I can answer that to actually, does it enable me to to serve my purpose the answer is yes you get all of me hook line and sinker love it the eye sparkle and you have to yeah shepherds crook me off the stage yeah no i love it mate. i love it and i've you know i've watched you train and i think that comes across that authenticity um you know you're not you're not there because you have to be you're there because you, you desperately want to be because you've got some stuff to share and you didn't have to go on some buddhist retreat to find the the your purpose did you you where did no, you, I, tell me, tell me. Well, I mean, you've learned from the best, really, the Simon Sinek stuff. Tell me yeah. a little bit about what what you did there, because I mean, what a lovely bloke he must be. Yeah, he, he his organisation. He was fantastic. Uh, having got, had the opportunity to meet him now, so I I went on. Um, I did what they I suppose they call the Y University, which is a course that you can go through to unpick why you do what you do. And I loved it so much that I contacted them and went, I want to do this. Just, just step back, help. mate. Step back for those yep. who don't know. Who is Simon Sinek? Simon Sinek, if you uh, creator of the Golden Circles, uh, uh, leading author uh, around the world, kind of books include uh, Start with Why, uh, Leaders Eat Last, 
little and then that kind of together is better so he he that really touched me to understand why i do what i do not what i do but why i do it so having been through a process and stuck uh kind of sticky notes all over computers mirrors to kind of articulate what i'm doing when i suddenly came came up with that phrase to inspire and energize people to be the most brilliant version of themselves that gave me a shiver down my spine so I actually go do you know what that's why that's why absolutely why I do it okay I love it and so tell us about what it is you do I'm still not absolutely if well you know what do you deliver what's your thing well, the thing for me is I deliver the I deliver the why factor, which is to uh, to help people, whether they're individuals, uh, teams, or organisations, uncover the same thing. So, what is it they do? Deliver art of being brilliant workshops, which I love because actually seeing people eyes light up when they suddenly recognise that that brilliant vision themselves. Do you know what that gives me? goosebumps as well and any any anything on leadership and stuff like that so my career retail career was heavily influenced in in um in leadership i had big i mean it it means nothing i think it's a kind of load of uh, nonsense really but actually if you looked at family trees with what reported into me it was just like you know what the great great group of people about how you galvanize them as a team to kind of get them performing so the results are just incredible and for me workshops and tailoring workshops to enable those teams to do that uh gives me a gives me a thrill good good lad i like man who comes to work to get a thrill i mean that's terrific and um the thing is i've got this thing in in my uh you know you know me i've spent 12 years finally got the doctorate mate hey, hey. come on come on that's dr happy good. or dr something else i'm thinking dr feel good what do you think yeah. Absolutely. I tell you what, that speaks to me because actually the first single I ever bought was Dr. Feelgood's Living on Milk and Alcohol. Milk and Alcohol. Oh my gosh, yes. I sent my dad out to buy that for me. There you go. So anyway, they're they're both equally cheesy, terrible titles. But I mean, it does give us a platform and it gives us a bit of academic credibility, I think, is that when we're delivering whatever it is that we're delivering, it has got this kind of 12 years of underpinning of, of big words. However, what I like about you is there are no big words in it. Um, so you kind of follow the line of art of being brilliant trainers where we're debunking it really, aren't we? Yeah. We're trying to say, do you know what? It's, it's largely, it's, it's, it's your thinking that's killing you. All the time, it all comes back down to your thinking, which as you said, you studied NLP, neurolinguistic programming. That's how you can learn to make sense of the world by changing the way that you think, essentially. Yeah. Positive, positive psychology is all about studying people who are already feeling fantastic and, and largely what's going on in their heads that allows them to feel fantastic. So it, we, it comes back down to thinking all the time. And and I don't know about the kind of organisations corporately, but I always think that sometimes we're trying to send them on training so that they can be more productive and make more money for the business. And I, I get that. I understand that businesses have to make money. But I think if organisations became a little bit more enlightened and and they started just to get people to feel amazing for the sake of feeling amazing then the business benefits would would follow i've not said that very well but what you know no, what i mean, no. I, you know I, what I mean? yeah absolutely i mean i think i mean you and i've just written a, a leadership book and i think you can the thing for me in having sat in so many lead or we're developing our leaders and stuff like that is give them hire the right as i think richard branson said hire the right people and then get the hell out of their way <laughs> Uh, and actually enable them to bring the best selves to work because do you know what if they feel that they can do that 
then they will absolutely give you blood, sweat and tears. And the results you'll get, you won't be able to believe. I, I believe, and it's just like creating that environment, creating that where they feel they can be the best version of themselves. Then that starts with you as the leader or you as a business. But for me, that is, I suppose that's our book in kind of a minute. It's like, enabling them to be that best version of themselves whatever those conditions are uh, well absolutely and, and that's why i know it's been brilliant we don't really i don't really hardly ever talk about business personally i always talk about being your best self across the board it's that we've mentioned it on previous podcasts what i call a portable benefit if yeah. you if you step into your perfect self and your best self then that's not only just good for work and your work colleagues and your customers that's brilliant for your family when you get home of an evening and it's brilliant for your mates at the pub in, in, in the evening as well so i guess it's that how how we can you Use the principles of positive psychology or, or, or integrate the Simon Sinek's um, messages into what we do so that people can live their best lives. Well, I think if you if you turn up as the, as the best version of yourself and you understand why you're doing what you're doing, that the ability, what you then bring to your, what your life, I just think makes it scarily incredible the, the results you could get because actually... <laughs> yeah. If you can say, I know, because it doesn't change anything. And there's lots of lots of challenges in the world, lots of challenges at home, lots of challenges in the business. But we know, and I know, if I'm my best self, if I'm the best version, I tackle those in a completely different way. And if I know why I'm doing it, then I, the resilience, inbuilt resilience, bounce back ability in me is just relentless indeed indeed uh, yes uh, i think i think what what we what i see quite often in organizations is is people or just in life generally is people sitting and waiting and waiting and waiting and, and, and waiting for the perfect moment or waiting for the perfect opportunity or waiting for um everybody else to be inspired and then they'll join in and yes. i think i think our thing and your your thing and my thing is about quit waiting. The world isn't going to, it's like a, what do they call it, a Mexican standoff where it's you against life. You're, you're staring life down. Who's going to blink first, mate? I'll tell you what, it's not going to be life. Life is not going to blink. It's going to just continue. The external world is going to continue as it does. What we have to do is kind of just go for it. And instead of moaning about and grumbling about how terrible the world is, is about, okay, the world is as it is. How can I be my best self within the constraints? And we're not, on the art of being real, we're not suggesting the world is perfect. We're not suggesting it's easy to be your best self. But we're suggesting the effort's worth it. And, and that's what I think comes across in your, uh, your keynotes and your workshops is, well, you've been through it, mate. You've, you've had yeah, the down yeah. times. You've had the dark times. I mean, I, I, my, I think my autobiography would be called, uh, f f uh, well, I suppose uh, I'm 50, end, end of next year, I'm 50. So flourishing at 50 through, through the three Ds, depression, divorce, and disease, because I, I have uh, Crohn's disease. And it's like, I don't like the word disease, but actually I have it. I have to deal with it. And actually, I know when I'm my best self, I feel healthier. I feel more energized. And actually, do you know what? All of those things, I, and it's not, I'm not unique. I know that happens to a lot of people. But do you know what? Me connecting to my best self and actually, do you know what? How do I want to be? How do I want to operate in this? Uh, is just the bit that kind of made the massive difference to me. And um, I would encourage anybody going through. And I know it doesn't make the tough times any easier, but actually now 
uh, anybody who knew me before. And I got a mate who I used to work with. In fact, he was my HR business partner. So Rich Braybrook, if you're out there, he knew me at my worst. And he said, I just repeat everything about 20 times. And he says, and now look at you. He goes, you look like a different, but you're like a different bloke. Yeah. And it's just like, for me, that's, that means so much because uh, I got through it and actually now want to kind of encourage people to kind of just connect to them connect to that best version of themselves because they know when they're when they're at their best they are incredible dude i mean that's very powerful stuff i mean the three the three d's I mean, the, the, the sad thing is a lot of people an awful lot of people will be, be able to identify with those three d's yeah because that is what life kind of deals us really isn't it it isn't going to like i say it's that life isn't going to blink those three things are going to keep coming at you how you deal with them and the, and the strategies you have in your head will make yeah. a huge difference in um in well in 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 your own well-being and and i always think that being happy and being your best self is your gift to the world because you get it right mate you're now standing on stage in front of a thousand people um and you know with all due respect if you can do it then then anybody can do it can't they because it's finding the resources within yeah and i think i'm one of the key i remember a conversation with my now 15 year old daughter isabel uh, or Izzy, as she prefers to be called. Um, she once said, kind of, in that period where things weren't going great, marriage was splitting up, home life wasn't brilliant, she said she was scared of me at that point because I'd be a bit grumpy, bit sad, bit shouty. And it's just like, oh, my God. She could have grown up not knowing who I really was. Ooh. And for me, that now she goes, she goes, she now says in that typical teenage fashion kind of yeah you're really cool it's like and it's like for your teenage daughter to say you're quite cool it's like do you know what i'm quite happy now don't get any better than that mate it doesn't get any better than that yeah but i mean isn't that incredible actually that you're actually your own kids are a little bit scared of what mood you might be in or you're yeah and how but i put that out to every single listener how you know when you come home from work and huffing and puffing and somebody says how was your day oh don't you talk to me about my day is then what you're happening is you're infecting your 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 family and those people you love most in life with a negativity pervading sense of negativity and exhaustion that is a hangover from work so actually finding your calling as you might call it like you've managed to do or coming home from work with a spring in your step um it's possibly one of the most important things you'll ever learn to do well I mean, yeah, yeah go on sorry i was going to say it's like we talk about the four minute rule and i think i talk about it a lot because actually those first four minutes as you walk into the back door front door whichever way you come into it and your family ask you about your day for me that that is such a key part of what we what you can do because i spoke at a conference for sainsbury's last november it was an overnighter they so these people weren't used to being away from home and a lady came up to me the next day she said i tried that out in the phone call home uh, that night so normally the phone call home would be i would suspect and she said it was about the kids have been doing this this has been going wrong stuff like that not really what you really want to hear but she just talked she just asked questions of her uh, husband and her kids about what the highlights of their day were what's been going really well she said you know what for the first time in ages we had a fantastic conversation dude again and i'm I, grinning i'm grinning i love it and I, yeah and i think that because you choose your attitude as you walk through that door what and you say what you're thinking and actually as you encounter that you you have a huge impact on what you're the rest of your evening your family's kind of view and you can change that just by setting yourself up for those first four minutes and i think 
I love it. I mean, that's a Steve McDermott thing, isn't it? The four-minute rule. We love it at Art Being Brill because it's simple and it's doable. And I think everybody knows it, but we just forget. And I think that's the whole of the Art of Being Brill is, I describe it as a big, fat, personal reminder. Um, I mean, my, my own life, I'm married to a teacher and we've been married a lot of years. And But for the first 10 years of our life, mate, the, the ritual was, because we'd never, ever thought it through, we'd come home from work and we'd spend a good half hour, maybe longer, bragging about who's had the worst day. And that's just the way that it was, is I come home from work, I say to my wife, how was, how was school? Oh, don't talk to me about teaching, teaching's a nightmare, I can't control the kids, it's all horrible, they're all on drugs and, and I can't control them and I'm watching the clock till half past three and then the bell goes and I'm like, when can I retire, I've had a terrible day. And I, after, honest, honest, mate, after six months I stopped listening and all I found was I was waiting for my go. And as soon as, soon as she paused for breath, I jump in with, oh, you think your day's been bad, wait till you hear my, how bad my day was. And, and I swear to you, I've got a hand on heart at the moment. For 10 years, that's just the way that it was. Coming home from work and, and sharing all the, the lowlights. But the key thing, I think, is that that's not the way it has to be. That is a learned behaviour. And far too many people are just stuck in this rut of going through the same motions of thinking, the same habits... It is so easy to come home and brag about the worst 5% of your day, but pick out the best 5% and ask your kids what was the highlight of your day. When mine were little, I started asking them, how was your day? Was it good, fantastic or brilliant? And that got a completely different reaction to how was your day? Yeah. Our language, I think, is so important because I know I, I remember the first time I saw you speak and talking about like people say, how are you? And actually people go, not bad. I'm not bad considering. And it's just like I have a friend who uh, she taught me NLP, actually, Linda. And she said when somebody asked me, she goes, uh, she either says I'm fab and groovy or I'm fabulous, darling. <laughs> and it's like you watch people's faces when somebody says to you, how are you? And you go, I'm fab and groovy, thanks. And they go, what? They're not expecting it. And it's just like, but it makes you feel better. And I think language it's language is so important about how you can make that more positive and say it in a much more positive way. Because I think if you go, yeah, I'm not bad. I mean, I'm I'm from Burton on Trent, just down the road from you in Derby, and it's like, oh yeah, it's not bad, not bad considering. Uh, my dad used to think it was hilarious when I'm not three bad, and it's like, what? It's like now, it's like I'm fab and groove, or I'm fabulous, darling, and it's like people just look at it as if you're well it's it is slightly odd but i guess yeah. ultimately you know do do we really want to be like everybody else do we really yeah. want to sink into this torpor of coming home and and grumbling do we want to to be like look around look around in your office tomorrow and you will see people fueled up on caffeine and sugar in an attempt to survive the day yeah. And I think I don't I don't really want to be like that. I want to be fueled up on 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 positivity and enthusiasm and exuberance and zest for life. And um I feel so passionate, man. I feel passionate about it. Me too. Me too. And that's why I think I'd love. I'd love if I look at my diary and I'm not doing an auto brill for a week or so. I get really like I really want to get out there, get on stage, and it's like it, it will be in some cases. JP, can you get off the stage? Because actually, I've got so much to tell them, so much to engage them in. So it's actually. What the heck do I get, miss out? Because yeah, actually, yeah. Which bits do you give? Them? So can, can we come back to that, mate? Can we come back to yeah. that? Because I said at the start that you're this kind of rarest of creature. You can do your thousand-person keynote, or you can do your twenty-five-person workshop, or you can do a one-to-one. So yeah. which of those is your thing? What what's talk me through? Because no, it's very rare that I, we find people who can do all of those. 
I, what, I, if you ask, I, I couldn't tell you which one was my thing because actually, if I see us, what really, what really kind of gives me uh, that bigger meaning is actually seeing people's eyes light up that actually they get it, they flourish, and they start achieving fantastic results. Now, if I can see that, in I can see that in a thousand person keynote speech because you connect with people and feedback afterwards and you kind of go right go and do it the thing is you don't know whether they do or not sometimes because you don't necessarily go back workshops again the same thing one-to-one seeing that thing and then seeing them commit to making actions and it's normally a relationship kind of over six months where you see them once a month uh and i see business people and i see uh big passion of mine is sport so i've uh, i've get into get into sport kind of performance coaching mental performance coaching and seeing people come back and seeing them have delivered on what they said they would or or what we've uncovered and and seeing that and seeing the, the joy that it brings them i think for me i couldn't tell you which one i prefer doing because actually i can get that um satisfaction from all of it that make that makes me happy to see people get out of their own way because i think the only person stopping you from doing stuff is you and actually, once you once we can get you out your own way to see how you can do that, or you could commit to it, then I get I just go away with a uh, with a great big ready break glow about me for the rest <laughs> rest of the week. Okay, can we, can we just do a quick one liner about the book? Because I mean, without yes. this sounding too much of a plug, because the book actually isn't out yet. But no. we are what ninety five percent of. Yeah. completing a book between us aren't we so yes. now that's what i call leadership which is a pretty cool title i think so it gives a few clues about the book well i think um the clues about the book it's all about leadership uh it's all about kind of what we know about leadership it is again it's under the it's no big words it's no big theories and stuff like that it's the kind of connecting you with real life leadership which will make a massive difference to you you as a leader yourself as an organization and i think it's it's simple it's i think it gives real insight into actually what what the nub of leadership is all about and if you just taking a little bit from it you'll make a huge difference to your world top man blimey you should be in pr mate that's that's a perfect sales pitch so the book the book is going to be out i think in the spring of 2018 uh, okay fella i mean i've i think uh, i feel enlightened i feel um like my ready break glow is intact for the rest of the day so just the final question um and that is about happiness because all our workshops are about happiness and you're finding your purposes about happiness ultimately so jp what makes you happy what makes oh, I think uh, my well the obvious this kids Mike seeing my kids kind of understand what their dad now does and who their dad now is and actually enable them to be that I seeing my kids flourish gives me a greatest gives me the greatest sense of purpose and makes me really happy. Um, I think family around me, my girlfriend Jo, she's fantastic and she she's just read the art of being brilliant. I finally managed her to do it and seeing her really enjoy it and giggle made me really happy. But the fundamental thing I think that gets me all the time is just seeing people any any person flourish seeing them smile and recognizing you can see in their eyes that they actually connecting to actually this can make a real difference to me that's what makes me happy kind of uh, mate tell you what you've probably i don't know how many podcasts we've got in the can but you've just said so i switched off that last minute because i was just i've written this down your kids seeing who their dad now is yeah i know that yeah gulp and it, it makes me gulp and but it makes me proud that actually they've seen somebody go through some difficult times um not and 
and they don't re- I don't recognize the person they would probably describe me as probably well they're 15 and 12 so even six or seven years ago but now seeing me and they can do for me they can do whatever they want to want to do just give it just give it a go and actually the person stopping them from doing anything is them and actually if they go through life like that and love what they're doing then do you know what I'm a very happy father and a very happy man. JP, let's dedicate it to your girls then. Let's make yeah. sure that they listen to this in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, Dad, you're so embarrassing. That's yeah. what they're saying. Oh, that's my what gosh, they're saying. oh my gosh, Dad. Oh my gosh, Dad. Right, fella, that's fantastic. So thanks ever so much, JP, for joining us. Hope for everybody's feeling a little bit more enlightened after that. And um, like I say, uh, keynotes, workshops, one-to-ones, you want anything linked with your purpose anything with positive psychology give us a bell and we'll put you in touch with jp thank you very much sir thank you andy and see you soon and that dear listener is that i hope you found it as interesting and as useful and as stimulating as i did congratulations by the way on making such a great choice of listening material please subscribe so you don't miss the next episode thank you for listening until next time i wish you well You've been listening to the Art of Brilliance podcast. Listen to and subscribe to all our podcasts at www.artofbrilliance.co.uk slash podcast.